Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. And as I said, episode 99. Here we go. About to be last double digits. We're about to become, should I say, an adult podcast? <laughs> you might. It would be very apropos if you did. As we're uh, we're back and exploring BMO and all his glory for BMOvember. Happy BMOvember 2022! Happy BMOvember. Play that theme song! Oh yeah. All right. Our our second annual BMOvember. Yes. Very excited. If you're new to BMOvember, uh, we are going to be dealing in only BMO episodes for the next three weeks. Yep. Finally. I've been waiting all year for this. Yeah. We purposely have avoided BMO episodes, if you've noticed. I don't think we really randomly got any BMO heavy episodes no. that we had to delay, but... But it all worked out. Yeah. Um, and we, we started on off. If you listened to the last one, you heard us uh, figuring this out. Sorry if I sound distracted. I'm just lighting a candle. <laughs> um, you opened the window. Good call. Um, it's a very hot day in New York, I should say. Non sequitur. 71 degrees is the hottest marathon ever on record. Really? Uh-huh. But I, I was going to say, um, we're going to go into BMO. We're starting with a nice, heavy episode. This is from a two-parter that explores BMO's backstory. The mo, the mo you know, no, the more you mo, the mo you know. It's a tongue twister, yeah. uh, all about mo. So we're gonna dive into that. We're gonna dive into BMO. But first, as is the adventure guy's way, if you're new to it, um, strap in because we got to do some bullshitting before we talk about Adventure <laughs> Time. Yeah, so it was really hot. It was 71 today. Yeah, uh, November sixth. We're recording this. This right. is this is a <laughs> is this some real global warming shit right here? Yeah, uh, I kind of am finished with the warm weather. To be honest, mm-hmm. oh. it felt like a false spring day today. I, yeah, it was weird. <clears throat> or I was feeling spring feelings, but because I was ready, I'm like ready to be in cold time. Um, yeah, it was weird. I went I went and watched the marathon today, my first time doing this, and I'd always heard it's really fun. And I was out there today. I was like, oh, yeah, this is like almost like a New York holiday. I've never participated in it, but just thousands of people lining the streets. It's sort of like a it's sort of like if everyone in the city got down with the parade and it went through all of New York City and it was more fun than a parade. It, it goes up uh, Manhattan to Greenpoint Avenue. Yeah. Is that, that where you went? Yeah. I went there um, and then I went down off Bedford Ave in in Williamsburg and the people were blasting music. Yeah. It was a party. I was, we were all drinking on the street. Um, <laughs> I had to cross through the marathon to get to work and to get home after work. Right. Cause you had to work during it. Um, it was, it was fun. I had two friends running it. One friend, I was out there waiting for him. They have a tracker app so you can track everybody who's running it. And I was there ready to see him. And then he ran by and I just, I never found him. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was there ready looking and it just, I never saw him. The second friend I did, I did find and had a, had quite a fun day. Um, it's nice. It, I was to say, what's cool is like you're watching people do something crazy and really try. And I, I, like in early in the morning, they stagger it based off time. So the people when it started were like in insane shape. Like one of my friends said, like 
The people in the yeah. front look like Olympians. Yeah. Like they're going so fast and it's great. And my one friend was, was, was doing really fast. So he was earlier, but then as the day went on, you start getting the more normal people <laughs> running it. And it's like, you can, a lot of them are very like stoked on the people cheering them on. I had one friend who's run it, who said that at like getting deeper into the race, the cheering really like helped carry them on. Yeah. And, and I think there's probably, a, I've done a couple half marathons and towards the end, there were lots of people and you feel sort of a sense of responsibility versus when you're running on your own. If you, if I stop right now, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. But when there's like, there's a whole crowd, you're like, I got to do this. Um, yeah, I used to be big into distance running. Uh, I definitely don't have the time for that kind of thing anymore. <laughs> How far did you get? Uh, I mean, I don't think I ever did more than like 10 miles. Um, but I was, you know, I That's mean, I, I was probably in the best shape of my life, you know, when I was like 18 and running cross country in high school. <laughs> ah, so that's when you did it. Yeah. So cross country is in the woods. Yeah, but we, we did road races too to okay. stay in shape and stuff. In the woods, is it like, is it scary? Like, can you trip and shit? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I've never, I don't really know what exactly cross country trip Yeah, it's is. like all terrain kind of like hills and crazy shit. Like, I mean, at least doing this on Long Island, like there were plenty of parks and stuff where it's just like, let's just see how fucking crazy we can get these 16, 17 year olds to like yeah. <laughs> destroy themselves with. And uh, yeah, rain or shine, it doesn't matter what the weather is. Like it could be torrential downpour and and you have to run like uphill in the fucking woods like and it's just like mud all the way down and people are rolling down the hill like they trip and really like, yeah and they're come they're the people crossing the finish line like just like caked in mud wow yeah sounds fun i'd, I'd if that was a thing now i think i would have done that it sounds like an old school sport i guess all the sports are old school but cross country really sounds like an old school sport that just endured like that sounds like some shit they did before they had basketball and football and stuff <laughs> we're like we're gonna run and race through the woods <laughs> yeah and then get to the end and it just stuck around yeah it was it was intense sounds fun though i like running too i i used to love it um and you know going from cross country to just like regular road racing was a lot easier mm -hmm. um yeah i too think about like i would potentially do a marathon it's the time thing though doing the half marathons Every Sunday I would do my long run and then do maintenance runs throughout the week. And I would keep pushing up miles. And uh, it was by the end when I was running 10, like 9, 10, 11 miles. I think, I think I did 11 and I just ran 13. Like those are, that's a serious part of your day. Yeah. Multi hours. Yeah. And then like showering, eating, like I, you'd be so tired afterwards. You're kind of like shooting out a lot of your day <laughs> for the run. Right. <clears throat> great way to get in shape but i don't have that kind of time yeah yeah i've gained some weight i want to get i really want to get in i've been trying to get into great shape i was like almost there at the end of the pandemic i was like on the verge of the best shape i've been in for so long and i was like about to push over into a new zone and then i came back to new york and old habits just swallowed me whole i know right i eat like 10 bagels a week <laughs> <laughs> Those damn bodegas are just ready. I know, um, right? But yeah, anyway. I had a bagel on my way here. Oh, hell yeah. I'm kind of hungry now that you say it. Um, but uh, all right, I teased. Let's, let's talk about Adventure Time. 
I made that new listener. There's somebody out there. This is their first episode. Well, if you remember a year ago, I think we started off being November with the New York City Marathon also. Oh, yeah. It might have been it might have been maybe the second episode of Be November. That would make sense. Uh I remember it specifically because uh the E train was broken. I was coming mm. from from uh Long Island, Island and Oh, and then you had to drive. No, I had or... to so the the court square stop at, on the E train wasn't happening or whatever. So I had to go an extra stop and then walk and double back. Uh, through Queens, and I got held up by the marathon. I'm like, uh, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it didn't matter that I was running late because by the time I got to the G train, I saw Steve Saylor. <laughs> and we we both took the G train here. Oh, shit. Are we going to get him back on for... he? So he did our first BMO episode last year. I'd it, say... It might have been our, our second. I think we we did the Distant Land special, our oh, just right. classic mode. Um, and then we did BMO Noir with Steve. That's true. And Steve, I'd say that's one of our top 10 best episodes, probably. The yeah. first Steve Saylor episode. Yeah. Um, Steve just texted me from fucking London the other day. Uh, Will is over there. or th- th- There was a big Scott Festival just happened in London. Um, and Will was playing with uh, Mr. Kingpin. Uh-huh. And I didn't know he was going over there, uh, but Stop the Presses were out there um, playing. And uh, I got a text from Steve saying that he wants to do the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Out of nowhere, he just texted you? Yeah, with Will. Like they want to appear oh on the podcast together. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, can we do that? How? <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> oh, so they met at the festival. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then they're texting me they want to be on the podcast together. So. Okay, so amazing i love them those bearded knights of adventure guys um but yeah, yeah that that time uh from last year from being november i wrote a song about being late and getting stuck in the marathon and that was a full year ago now because oh. i was just listening to the demo for that song because i've been going over stuff with jack and he's going to record drums for it soon hopefully big stuff but yeah i was listening to that that song i was like oh shit this was exactly a year ago love that well we'll get more of that going uh more it makes me excited for me last november was like a real hallmark time we had be november which had some of our best episodes ever and then we went right into the jeff app Jeffrey's. um that was like a golden month so let's Let's get this month good. Yeah. November. Make it yeah, count. We need to look at uh, our schedule. Um, but yeah, Steve wants... We need to get Steve back on for a BMO episode yes. next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether we'll, we can get Will or not. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hell yeah, I'm excited. Um, cool. Well, um, this is kind of a sequel to last BMO November and that we're going to do uh, the part one of The More You Mow, The Mo You Know. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this was season seven, episode 14. Uh, Yeah, last year we jumped into part two and nothing made sense. (laughs) I kind of remember how this episode ends, but this first half, this part one, it's a lot of just setup. It's a lot of just exposition. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It is. Um, There's a lot of questions that are posed, and the answers don't come until part two. Yeah. Hey, they they did a good job running a two-parter. Yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of BMO soliloquy, just like asking questions to the universe. That's, that's the most memorable part of this uh of this whole thing is bimo has a big soliloquy in the middle which is which is odd it kind of let lets you into the bimo psyche and it's a little unsettling um yet relatable (laughs) and yeah so this this two-parter really dives a bit into bimo's backstory and deals with his father which is mo and mo is an inventor that created all sorts of other Mo's. Yeah. So the the actual BMO backstory Mo episode is happens earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that one is B more. Maybe we can do that one. Oh yeah. Month. Yeah. Um, so like we we know who Mo is, but we haven't seen much of him. Yeah. And we know from last year that we don't actually see him in this episode. Right. But this is I think only like the second appearance of Mo. No. Oh, yeah. And this this is more of a a sort of should we say fleshing out of the backstory, giving a little more color, showing other parts of who Mo was, the relationship that Mo had with the other Mo's. Right. It's I I think in the Be More episode where they just kind of tell you exactly how Bimo came to be, mm-hmm. um, it's sort of left a little bit like you get what happened and you get why, but you don't really get the character development. You don't. You know, I don't, I don't even want to comment on what more is about because I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's wait on that. Yeah. But this is like, what, what, yeah. So kind of what you're getting in this two-parter, I think is, I mean, Bimo calls himself famously, what, like a, a little boy in, in, uh, in certain episodes. Yeah. And Jake even ref- says Bimo's basically a baby <laughs> yeah. in this episode. And I think... In this one, it's posed to BMO that on your birthday now, you're going to go on this quest and you're going to become an adult. And I think in this two-parter, they're, what they're using is they're using BMO as a vessel to explore sort of becoming an adult, a loss of innocence, a loss of a loved one in Mo, learning things about, you know, he learned something about Amo, like this sort of darkness and bitterness and resentment that, that Amo has as his brother. And it's kind of like... Sort of, uh, things are coming to light within his family lineage as he's approaching adulthood, which is kind of something I think that everyone goes on. Like you're, you're, you're starting to open your eyes to the things around you, and it's part of growing up. And and Bimo's trying to in this in this first part, Bimo is saying like, what does it mean basically to grow up and to continue growing? I thought it was pretty profound saying like, as I grow, will my soul change with (laughs) it or if i lose you know or can i just stay the same forever um and i remember that and it's those questions are being posed here and it's a very i don't know it's very relatable and especially coming from someone as cute adorable and vulnerable as bimo it kind of hits harder if i remember correctly the second episode gets real heavy yeah and and really pushes that setup of of loss of innocence dealing with your family and other people and just pushes it way over the edge. Damn it. (laughs) I've got my notes on my phone and I was putting on my lap and it keeps falling. 
Uh, right, Gino, I, I think pushing over the edge because famously that's what happens in the, the next episode. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah. And it's it's really interesting having a, a BMO. It, but there's a lot of fun to be had with a character like BMO maturing. Right. It's it's a very existential episode. It's a very human episode. And yet BMO is the robot of the show. Right. And BMO, BMO doesn't have to grow up or change. Right. It's funny. It, BMO talking about, you know, as we grow, like, does our soul change or is it just our body? And obviously BMO's body doesn't change. But then there's the, the fantasy that BMO has where... <laughs> He's, he's like, grown up. He's grown up. And, and what, what will it be like when he's grown up? Yeah. So during the soliloquy, as he's pos- posing these questions, we get a, a vision that of probably what's in his mind of what it'll be like when he grows up. And it's a and grown up BMO is like longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's taller. He's like, taller. He can reach the, the higher shelves at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And he drives a car and he can <laughs> yeah. drive himself to the playground or buy his own pacifiers, which is really, it's like... <laughs> Okay, like, so Bimo is sort of a baby child. Um, it's it's odd. And then the, then he remember he pictures Jake and Finn old, and they're like cubist drawings, right? It's like Bimo doesn't have very good object permanence, and like can't can't think of what Finn and Jake actually look like. <laughs> yeah, or even picture what they'll look like old. And then um. What's interesting is that alternatively, while BMO starts going, okay, so let's just go back to the beginning to talk about it a little bit linearly. And it's not very complicated in that it's BMO's birthday and it's also snowing and they're going to have a right. birthday party for BMO. It's snowing because Princess Bubblegum fucked up an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> she, I think like she wanted to have rainbows spell out happy birthday BMO over the treehouse. Yeah. But Peppermint Butler spilled grape juice on the machine, and so now it's snowing. <laughs> and there's, like, big, huge rainbow letters all over, like, her lab. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Peppermint Butler, it's usually very helpful. This was a really extravagant and appreciated way to just sort of set it up as, it's winter now. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is, like, a winter episode. Like, as, like, you know, as winter is, like, a symbol for, you know, the end of someone's life. Mm. Uh, good point <laughs> and and they and they use this up too jake opens the episode being like oh it's so tough having your birthday around the holidays you know everyone's all joyed out and now it's there's no joy left for you and then finn's like well you know bimo doesn't actually have a birthday and it's not the holidays <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but now there's all those feelings are now here and right. present in the episode and that's funny. And then, you know, they're like, it's okay. Like if it's not the craziest birthday, cause all BMO cares about is Mo coming, which is his dad. Yeah. And he loves Mo. Mo's the smartest person ever, even smarter than Jake, which is the smartest person that BMO knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We talked about, was it last week? The Jake and BMO friendship we were talking about. Um, when ghosts fly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think about them too, but I really love it. Jake, right. Jake, like um jake partnership with anyone besides finn is actually like i i realize like i think about jake as a solo character i think about jake in relationship to lady marina corn and his children and his parents and brother and everything and i think about jake in relation to finn and that is all like in my normal realm but then when you have like a if you were to have an episode that was just princess bubblegum and jake 
That's very funny to me. Demo yeah. and Jake, very funny. Princess Bubblegum doesn't seem to like Jake very much, no. actually. <laughs> she gets frustrated with him far faster than other characters do. Right. And uh, th- does that help you identify as as Princess Bubblegum's your favorite and Jake is <laughs> yeah. just not making any sense a lot of the time? Yes. Yeah. I I I I think I I don't know. I identify with Jake a lot. I can't I can't tell who my favorite character is. Probably Jake. Jake and Marceline go together pretty well. They're, yes. both, they're both pretty laid back. That's part of it. We haven't seen Marceline in a while. No. There's no Marceline month. <laughs> I guess not. March for Marceline. Yeah. Marcy, Mar- March. Marceline. Marceline, yeah. <laughs> Macheline. Machelada. Um anyway. Um yeah. So Mo's gonna come and Mo comes, but now Mo is in this big Game Boy body. And it's like we know from B Mo earlier and from a flashback that Mo was an elderly man whose heart was being worked by a little Game Boy almost. Yeah. And now Mo's consciousness is in this Game Boy. B Mo accepts it immediately. And they all yeah, they he, all do. <laughs> what does he say? He's like is that you, Mo? And he goes like, yeah, I put myself in a new body. He goes, okay. It's something <laughs> right. like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just like an okay. Sure. I guess that makes sense. And from the viewer standpoint, have we not watched part two first? It seems plausible enough, right? Yeah, it does. He, he's got Mo's voice. Like for the whole first introduction of Mo in this episode, it seems fine. Yeah. Uh, you don't start to maybe think something's up until he starts crying later on in the episode. Yeah. It's a really weird. Yeah. And then the, the behavior starts getting real strange. Right. It, it is a strange upfront. And this whole thing of Mo's got to go, uh, BMO's going to go on his own, a birthday mission that he designed for him. And he says, well, won't I? And he says, you got to go, go back to the main place. And that's where you'll be. And through it, you'll come back and become an adult. He goes, well, won't I miss Finn? Jake he goes, yes, but, They'll be here when you get back, and it's part of growing up. Won't won't Finn and Jake miss me? <laughs> no. Adorable question. That's so adorable. So adorable. <laughs> well, no, because I'll stay here and be BMO. Right. Now, not knowing that that's really Amo, that seems like such a whimsical kind of thing to like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. I'll I'll be your stand-in. Like, but knowing that it is Amo, everything becomes so much more insidious. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's kind of fun that we watched it in reverse because <laughs> yeah. we know to look for. And it's weird. And he go and and then uh, Neptor's like, hooray. And Bimo sa- says, hooray <laughs> as a question. Um, right. Yeah. So knowing what we know, all of Bimo's apprehension seems well-founded. Like, yeah, Bimo is exercising some critical thinking skills. Like, yeah, this kind of... Seems a little bit weird, like, you know, and he's questioning it, uh, questioning it. but not knowing that, I guess it, it seems like, you know, BMO is actually kind of scared of going on a solo mission alone, uh, but there is something there, like, BMO weirdly enough, starts to see that, like, there's something wrong here before anyone else does. Yeah, it feels off, Um yeah. And yeah, Bimo's the, the only per- person who, who gets that, which is weird because Bimo. Well, Finn, Finn and Jake do, do go, say to Amo or Mo, 
it, that sounds kind of scary or dangerous about the, the the mission, especially since it's snowing. Yes, but Finn and Jake's apprehension seems to be more in the like we don't want to hang out with Mo by ourselves. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> they do, they do question though that the that it's a dangerous journey. They go that 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 I think it's. They're like it seems dangerous, but then Mo goes, "No, you should do it," and then they're fine. Like it, like because then the very next scene, immediately BMO's out doing it. Like it wasn't right. like it was just sort of like, "Is that dangerous?" Then he's like, "No," and they're like, "Okay," um, and then BMO's out, and then on his own is sent into these existential questioning, um, and that's an incredibly memorable scene. And then he gets there, he gets to like the headquarters, Mo's headquarters. And Demo is there working the gate and is like, hey, what's up, uh, Bimo? Um, is that Tom Herpich? Yes. Now let's go check it out. It's got a very Mr. Fox kind of casualness. Voice by, oh, Cole Sanchez. Originally, and B more, it's Aziz Ansari. And it's. Oh, it is. Right. Cole Sanchez in this one. Oh, okay. Interesting. It does sound like Mr. Fox though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I heard that. Um so and then Demo is like stand on this X, Mo told me to. And then Bemo's sort of like, I don't know about this, and then gets sh- shot down there. And Demo is uh I think Bemo realizes it's weird because Demo's like back half is it supposed to be attached to the wall or something, and it's just a bunch of loose wires that are like electrocuting. Yeah. And he's like uh, are you okay? He goes, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> and Demo, it's weird. I'm like, so how does that make Demo act insidious now? I don't really get it, but. He was like reprogrammed or something or yeah. Amo got, got him somehow. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, and it gets shot down and then it's like a comical uh, going down through all these death traps. But Bemo is so little that he has lots of advantages. So he goes down and the first thing that's happening, like, he falls through this huge shaft, like elevator shaft into these like two, like cylindrical things that are like, basically like a huge grinder going together. And yeah, then that, <laughs> which I saw that and I was like, holy shit, that's really violent. <laughs> like, it's going to grind a BMO, but BMO is able to like run along them, jump up and then jump between like a crack <laughs> at the end of it or yeah. something. And then, it's timing's all weird and it's falling between it all and it's very cartoony, very comical. It's like Indiana Jones, but uh with BMO. You know, what's interesting though with the Distant Land special, the Distant Land special is a flashback. Yeah. And we see that BMO has been through such crazy shit. And then I don't know. It's weird that it's a flashback, but I still don't really take it into account. When I'm watching this, do you know what I mean? Because like Bemo's been through such crazy shit and dealt with it, yet in this situation now, hundreds of years later, Bemo's met with sort of a uh, still has a childlike innocence and fear and like not the confidence that would usually come through surviving such an experience. Yeah, this this episode Bemo is different. Uh, and I think it's just because we get like the immediate like proposition that like you have to grow up now. Yeah. Like, and that's something that BMO hasn't been confronted with yet. So all of his standard MO is just out the window. So we see a lot of uncharacteristic BMO 
happening. Um, but yeah, like all that that distant land stuff. It's not even ever clear if like, well, I mean, I guess those that episode was written well after anything from the main series, yeah. but it's like it it seems like throughout the series, like Bimo doesn't have a lot of like reverence for like past experiences. Bimo is always in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of where I'm getting at here, which is really interesting for Bimo to have these existential things. Because like, even though I feel like, is it the season? Is it the series finale or whatever where we see it's like super far in the future and everyone's dead or grown up or something right, yeah and bimo's the same and still living in the treehouse is that am i remembering it correctly yeah, yeah. and bimo has reverence for his old friends but but isn't like old or wise or you know what i mean it's and, like and doesn't even remember them correctly yeah <laughs> so it's like what, what, what you're saying where it's like yes there was the past experience but it doesn't seem to be informing <laughs> Bimo's actions at that time right. so much. It's like a really interesting take on that. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So I, it, this could very well be the only point in Bimo's existence where he's had to like directly uh, consider the future. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to grow up. This is your birthday. You have to become grown. How, you know, what does that mean now? Yeah. Very interesting. Um, and it gets as he gets through that whole contraption trap, he lands at the bottom and he finds all Mo, which is all the Mo's. <laughs> the day before, there had been some sort of scrambling of signals and it programmed all the Mo's to throw themselves down the elevator shaft and be ground into one big Mo. <laughs> Gosh. And the voice of all Mo is like five voices layered on top of each other. I remember this being like really disappointing because uh, like the first time I saw this episode, because when we met Mo and we found out about BMO's origin, there's like, Oh, there's a, there's a human that's still alive. That's from the old world that like is, you know, carrying forward the traditions and, and, you know, everything that was lost uh, and is existing. Like, in this other part of the world, like there is still something there. Um, and he's got this whole factory of all his robot friends. that are hanging out doing their thing. And to then find out that Mo is dead and all of his robot friends got smushed into, (laughs) into one cube in the garbage disposal. (laughs) Like it, 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 like there's like centuries of history that are just, like gone now yeah uh and it's uh it's it's really bleak for bimo it's bleak for finn because technically like there there was another human mm-hmm. right and now and now that guy's gone it's a really hasty kind of deletion of all this very um rich like historical canon that that could have existed in the show and they just like do away with it mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's irreverent like it doesn't feel like it happened for no reason Mm -hmm. but it feels like there's a larger impact in like in universe Mm -hmm. that mo and his factory of of robots are gone now yeah like like maybe we don't know maybe finn and jake don't realize the impact of that not being in universe anymore but it feels like that like there should be like a butterfly effect of of yeah. That that hu- hu- hugely knowledgeable, 
intelligent, powerful human is now gone. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Um, there's two. Uh, it doesn't bother me so much for two reasons. Um, I, I think what you're saying is completely true and accurate and is huge. Now, especially in universe, like for the characters, this is a big a big deal like but if um and it should be and it should be sort of a bigger deal when they find out about it. although i guess it's so funny because finn and jake just go through so through so many of these insane moments that are like world shifting <laughs> right that it, it's they just accept it and move on you know like it's just so crazy some of the shit that they see that's like world changing um but it there should be more um reverence i think to this moment i think you're totally right um now why it doesn't bother me if i step out and think about it is i think that i enjoy the mystery that between like the old world and then the new world and there's this sort of like lost time between it like from where we were like kind of like the world we know now then everything happened and now ooh is going on and like that whole time period you just get little bits and pieces and chunks and i feel like mo going is okay with me because i think that it's better for the show to have that mystery sort of intact if you know what i mean yeah because if they mo if mo was in it i'd be almost a little worried that they'd be very tempted to explain more and give like Mo could be a key to just explain things. And in my experience in a lot of shows, when that moment hits, it's just not that satisfying. Right. And so I'm not um I'm not so worried about there. And I, I think I think in in part two and this whole thing, they do use the loss to really fucking swing hard in making a very emotional story for BMO, which I think before I watched this episode last year, I didn't realize the capacity for emotional impact that BMO had as a character. Yeah. Like, which is kind of big. Yeah. Like, cause it's so vulnerable and so childlike and you connect and love BMO so much that to see BMO go through true loss and be affected and not only lose his father, but then lose emotionally lose his brother and then have to be the one to exact revenge like it's like shakespearean or something (laughs) yeah it's biblical (laughs) and at least they use it to that good of an effect so that's why it doesn't bother me although i think what you're saying is absolutely true that this has huge impacts on the world like mo is a big key like you know what i mean um yeah but it seems like someone like i'd imagine like Mo is totally someone Princess Bubblegum should have a relationship with as right. fellow inventors, and like Mo is to me is on that plane of important people within Ooh, or should be. I don't know. Yeah, I mean there there are other characters that bridge the gap from like old world to pre and post Mushroom Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, like Marceline is technically one of them. Oh right. Um, and uh, uh, Ice King. Yeah, Simon and Betty. And, you know, Patient St. Pym pops up and and I think they do a pretty good job throughout the whole series of not trying to explain yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even though there are characters that technically probably could 
give you a little bit more backstory, more history, but mm-hmm. like they ha- they all have like plausible reasons for like not being ex- expository on camera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like there are some more open world ramifications t- that we just don't get to witness. Yeah. That like go beyond Finn and Jake and like they're not really like their story isn't really big enough to or come or doesn't come in contact with it does, but not always. <laughs> right. And there's definitely bigger <laughs> shit happening. Yeah. Like Mo could have his like his own distant land special. Yeah. Which is a good way to tackle it. Now, as you talk about that, I think about characters and the way it works. And I feel like something that Adventure Time, they must have thought about this and was an option on the table. And what you're talking about, these bigger things that are just larger than Finn and Jake. Sort of like in, say, Star Wars, where you've got the gang. I I don't even know what you really call them, the Millennium Falcon, who were like doing their mission. And it comes into contact with these bigger entities that have bigger significance than than like Han Solo is ever going to have, right? Like for all intents and purposes, I'd say like Han is Finn and Chewie is Jake or something Um, (laughs) like in the Star Wars universe. And it's sort of like in the Lord of the Rings universe, the Hobbits or whatever. Play that Lord of the Rings theme song. Oh, here we go. (laughs) The Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. It was a movie. Um, but what those do, both of those have their scenes like, and I'm like, I'm remembering like, I don't know if it's like two towers or whatever, where the, uh, the hobbits are asleep or resting or they're on, on their own journey. And then you see the council of important people in, uh, in the Lord of the Rings universe talking about what's going on and meeting. And then obviously that happens, especially in the prequels of star Wars. Yeah. And I, and especially in the Star Wars prequels, like I, I just I don't know. Like I get it, and you want as a fan, I want to see that and know how it's really working. But then in practice, I don't actually <laughs> enjoy it that much. Right? You know, it's it's really it's an it's an odd, interesting conundrum. I feel like for this kind of thing, how do you feel about that? Like, do you like those moments in either Star Wars or Lord of the Rings where you see? the sort of larger government bureaucracy stuff. Uh, There's a place for it. And I think as long as it's outside of your, your mainline story. Yeah. Like if it's more of like an appendix kind of thing, like you get your own little special or your own right mini series or something, which is cool in this. Cause then it's like, yeah, give Mo a distant lands, but it doesn't take you off course of the right. Yeah. Right which is maybe where you get into to trouble with the, the prequels Lord of the Rings. It doesn't bother you as much because from the beginning, it's sort of baked in. They keep doing that. And that's almost like another story. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. They almost, they almost want to adventure time, uh, extended edition <laughs> <laughs> where they just put more of that in. Um, I could go with Adventure Time extended episodes sometimes. I, so I sometimes I just I almost just want to hang out with Finn, Jake, 
and BMO at the treehouse. It just seems like so much fun there. Yeah. Just like when they're when they're not like getting into an episode related series of antics. Yeah. Like when they're just doing whatever they do. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging out, eating dinner, watching whatever, playing BMO, going sledding on desk chairs. That's um I know that they've cited this as an influence, but uh like the Miyazaki stuff mm-hmm. where he, he says like you just have to have some time to let the characters breathe. Mm-hmm. There just needs to be some moments where like story isn't happening. Where yeah. you're where you're just watching the characters just exist. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. I love that. And I love when those moments happen that happen in Adventure Time. I love that. I love those moments in in all art where it's hard because it's like it. You always like in story or songs. There's supposed to be movement and you're getting somewhere. But that's why I always love. I mean, <laughs> this is why I love uh, the Grateful Dead is because there's <laughs> there's moments. Um, this comes back and Grateful and Dead. <laughs> there's always there's. I mean, that, that was actually one of the. That's when I've actually it it worked for me is like they're you're on some journey and they're moving forward and all of a sudden. They, you're just existing <laughs> and, and you don't know how you got there or where it's going, but they, they're, you're just like resting in like more of a slow, uh, lower dynamic. And I'm like, Oh, it's so cool. Usually music is driving somewhere, but I like this sort of, I'm trying to think of other, other songs and music that kind of, I guess jazz can do that pretty well where it feels like you're just living in a space. Ambient music does that. I, I like yeah that feeling is very fun like minimalist stuff like yeah rice and glass yeah they from from the jump something's happening and then you're just gonna live in it for a bit uh, I like that in here um yeah I mean the, the other thing we didn't talk about in this episode is that so we were referencing it, but Finn and Jake have to endure Mo now aka Amo which they don't know yet in disguise and he's and um. Jake is freaked out and it's cause it's really awkward and starts to realize it's, it's wrong, but also is freaked out about, he thinks it's freaked out cause he doesn't like old people. Cause it <laughs> reminds him that he's going to get old one day, <laughs> which I think is a, is a human thing. And I, well, I think that's funny putting that in a kid's show. Yeah. Well, it's, it's super thematically re- resonant with oh, yes. everything that's going on here. That too, with everything BMO is going through, but then Amo, uh, wins them over and suggests going outside to play and Amo, but then it's just like playing so lamely, just putting snow over his legs. And it's like, <laughs> look at this. It's cool. And then there's, they're surfing or snowboarding on a desk chair. <laughs> and then they like land on his head, tip him over and then like break the desk chair and are like so happy. Amo's crying and says no more horseplay. Yeah. Which I guess you could chalk it up to like, yeah, he's like a stodgy old man. Yeah, that's how they're playing it here. Yeah. But it's it's this weird Amo doesn't he's not socialized, he doesn't know how to like hang out with other people, which yeah. like he craves, but he's he's so bad at it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's funny. The crying is very funny. <laughs> right, because Cuz they're 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 just Finn and Jake are never met with opposition by a sort of stodgy old person like you always get to have fun with them you never see them get real reeled in by like a parental figure yeah it's very true uh which is like part of the joy of them like like i was thinking about that i was like that's why it's so fun because they're just surfing on desk chairs and they break them 
but then there's no consequences. <laughs> Usually BMO's there and they just go, that's fun. And they throw it away. If they need a new digest chair, they'll just find one or buy it with their endless supply of gold coins and keep it moving. Yeah. They never really get reprimanded. No. <laughs> Princess Bubblegum on occasion. She, Yeah. But even then, like she's usually just expressing frustration with them, mm-hmm. but never like disciplining them. There's no real consequences for their actions. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. It's the dream. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, it's, a, it's a funny episode. I mean, no, I guess not a funny episode. It's a good episode. I, it, it's, it's just so interesting to watch it. It's a funny thing to watch it without the conclusion in the second part. Yeah. It, it, I, this episode certainly feels incomplete. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... It's a two-parter, but this one is, I guess it was aired all at once, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is definitely meant to be like a one-sitting thing. It's not like part one, cliffhanger, and then watch part two in a separate thing. Like this is no, meant to be one. It's commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, it's, it's not even, it's not even says to say part one and part two on HBO Max. It's just one thing. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember how we d- came to the conclusion that this was supposed to be divided into two parts. <laughs> Probably because of how it aired and like we, we got it on, uh, it was episode 14 and 15. So the ge- the generator probably got us there. Okay. Oh. Uh, did you see a snail? No, I did not see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No. Was there a snail or was the snail in part two? Did we see the snail last year? Is this one of the rare times I consult the the snail list? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so there's a snail in every episode. We try to see it. That's the fucking, did you see the snail thing? Duh. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> but um, there is a list that someone compiled of line, online of where the snail is in every Adventure Time episode. Now, we don't like to d- consult this because it's way more fun trying to find the snail. But on a rare occasion such as this where we need to like... Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Such as this where we want to know. Neither of us saw it. And like, there it is. Oh, shit. Yeah, so we missed it. We missed it. Yeah, so there's a snail in each part. In both parts. So then they they really are two proper episodes. That solves it. Whoa, the one in this one. The sna- in the second part, the snail is in a shade, which is like really rough. Oh, shit. That is next level. I doubt we saw it. Did, did we see that last year? We'd have to consult the tapes. <laughs> I doubt it. Okay. Uh, if you're enjoying the episode, please give us five stars right now. Would you? Please. Okay. Miscellaneous Mania. Storyboarded by Tom Herpich and Steve Wolfhard. Would have made sense to have Tom uh, voicing, but no. Um, yeah, it says this. It was the second Christmas themed episode. Yeah, I get. I, they're wearing sweaters. I guess this it's is snowing. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, we mentioned air 
Oh, that was a great little callback. Yes, that that really t- hit us both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lavar Burton's character, formerly known as Bubble. Yeah, that man, that <laughs> thing is really crazy. The air thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I for- it's like I forgot about that. You forget how they. Bimo's so light and fun, but they really explore what would a, the psyche of a light and fun person like that, and it gets weird. <laughs> and that is one of the weirdest things. When, when Bimo can just hear air and I'm all around you now forever. <laughs> yeah. I'll always be with you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so I don't know if they've communicated at all between that episode and this one, but... Uh... It seems like it's at least been a while since BMO has checked in. <laughs> yeah. But air is present. Like, LeVar Burton's character does still exist. We don't know what's happened or... Um, yeah, it's interesting. This is the promotional artwork for this episode. Mo is lighting a menorah, implying that he is Jewish. I'd love to see some of those promotional materials. Let's see if they're around. Oh, right, here we go. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. I wonder if Mo is uh, modeled after a specific person. I'm not seeing a ton of other stuff. There is a piece of promotional art for the episode Apple Wedding that depicts Bimo interacting with Air. Oh, look at this. Sorry. That's interesting. <laughs> um, Mo was modeled after actor... Jamie Farr. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This dude's on MASH. It's on the Walk of Fame. Interesting. Yeah, what do, you have to get? do you have to get approval for something like that? I don't think so. I don't know. Nothing else looking too, too good for me. Uh, I guess this was actually like sort of a Christmas episode. Because it aired in December. It was the final uh, episode that aired that year in 2015. Mm. Cool. So it's supposed to be the holiday special. Pretty heavy to make your holiday special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, dive into some insane uh, family stuff right around the holidays. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Pick an episode. Uh, do you want to, do you want to do some back, uh, did you see the mail? (laughs) I was thinking about that. (laughs) We could. Yeah, let's do it. Mail. Mail. All right. I want to, do want to start by longtime listener and supporter Haley Romanchik, um, Went to her wedding with Phil, who was my friends. And uh, then two days before her wedding, she did these awesome gifts, which I have somewhere. It's a painted bookmark and it's illustrated by Haley. Now behind you, you see a Bowie I have up there. It's the cover of Hunky Dory. <laughs> that is done by Haley. And she did. Th- oh, no, this isn't the bookmark. I've got it somewhere. She did this bookmark and uh, looks really good. And she was paint and she. It was illustrated by her. She printed it, but then she had to do like, she did some like gold paint on it. It's like really cool. And she said it was like two nights, a night before her wedding or Friday. It was Friday night. She did that. And the wedding was on Sunday. 
And she was like, well, oh yeah, while I was doing that, I listened to the entire three hour uh, thing because it took her forever. I was like, man, now I'm baked in adventure guys baked into your wedding memories. <laughs> Love that. Hell That's yeah. huge. So thank you, Haley. Um, Dave Lucas, you also li- said he listened to the three hour uh, 100th episode special yeah. when he uh, got stuck in an airport. So I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you, friends, for listening. Um, we did get some mail, though. Yeah. Uh, longtime listener Eric Saxton. Yes. He listened to the three hour <laughs> episode also. With some like and, and some other feedback on some other episodes. This is a second email. Uh, and there were two Eric Saxton emails. We're, yeah. we're behind a little bit. Um, cause there was, and there was a couple others, dude, you know, it's our mail. I like really messed up. So we're on TikTok. If you haven't been, uh, if you're on TikTok, go find us adventure guys podcast. It has clogged our mail so much cause they just spam you these goddamn, uh, th- things. Um, um, but anyway, yeah, let's, let's pull up Eric's like his, his most recent email. This is the one I got, which, which he breaks down. Oh yeah. See, there's two. Yeah, there's two. The hundredth episode special, but there was the other email that he sent us, which goes into other recent episodes. But yeah. uh, let's talk about the. We're on the topic of the hundredth episode special, um, and this was the second email. But uh, yeah, he was really uh, in on the podcast and the hundredth episode special, and says it keeps him entertained while he's doing monotonous maintenance work. Which hell yeah, I'm glad that we can do that for you eric and thanks for for still listening like big time and um and that eric look at this you, you've done it again you got um eric saxton here into steven universe hell yeah um yeah and i'm i'm glad that uh it's it's here um uh, yeah lastly totally hear you on people inferring phone calls always mean something's wrong when i call my family they start with is everything okay yeah. <laughs> um he wants to break that assumption which so do i i ask how do we feel are there people you would rather call versus text do you feel that you generally lean towards one for everyone um i look forward to catching up on the most recent episodes um, at my side job these coming days. Now, it's a very interesting thing that he is bringing up, which we didn't talk about in this conundrum of calling versus texting, is I think, and I think Eric Saxton, very insightful for you to bring this up. <laughs> there are certain people that call and there are certain people that text. And I think you're right that if there's this, if there's a person of a certain ilk that you have a relationship with and they call, it's wild. But there's other people who call me like... How many times has Sean called me while we've been doing the podcast? (laughs) That's now happened multiple times. While we were watching this episode, he FaceTimed me. So you get in a rhythm with certain people. Right. And there's other people, like when I call Mara, like I don't call Mara often. We do text, but that was an out of the bluer. Um, I think that's, I think that's insightful, Eric. I don't, I don't think it's a blanket statement for everyone that it's cool to call. What do you think, Eric? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's definitely a case by case basis. Yeah. I mean, people with jobs and stuff like might not be with people that I just call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Eric, thank you for listening. We're going to get into your other email because you had a lot of notes. I want to, I want to save that 
though, so we can we can really do a nice go in on it. Okay, let's let's do it like next week. Um, should we gotta go to the show soon? But um, really appreciate you listening, Eric. Yeah, thanks, Fred. Yeah, um, he also listen. I will say as a spoiler for that one, he listened to back to the island on your record. Eric, Eric's yeah. a man of taste. <laughs> we could all use more good podcasts in our life. Um, so yeah. Send us an email if you want to be on this segment. Did you see the mail at gmail.com? We love mail. Yep. Even though it took us a second to get back to Eric here. <laughs> um, it'll take a second longer for one of the other ones. But uh, okay, whatever. Uh, episode generation. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Uh, so we're not going no. random. We're going to do football. Yeah. And if Steve wants to join that one, great. Yeah. When are we going to do this? Well, we'll figure that out. Off air. <clears throat> cool. Well, all right. What, what season? In- oh yeah. Let's do that. Football. That is. Oh, wait, hold on. It brought me to the football page of the wiki. <laughs> not the episode football. Season seven, episode five. Oh my god, dude! Look at the episode art. <laughs> and this is this is where Bemo really starts hitting. Yeah, this is this is like a psychological thriller episode. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I posted a clip from this on our Instagram this week to celebrate Bemovember. I, I could have saved it, but oh, right. yes. I wanted to. It was just too good. Yeah. All right, so football for next week. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. You can uh, support this podcast at anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast. As I said before, giving us five stars on whatever app you're on Apple, Spotify, good stuff. We're on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, um, adventure guys podcast, adventure guys, NY on Twitter. And uh, yeah, if you got, if you made it this far into the episode, we appreciate you listening. This yeah. is uh, a lot of time that you, you give to us and space in your brain and, we are truly thankful. I'm just going to plug real quick. Oh, hit it. Uh, we'll probably post this on like a Wednesday or something. So check out the holophonics yeah. shit because oh, man. some shit is happening. It's going to happen. I, I, yeah. Can we, I guess maybe next episode we can lead with discussing a little more of that in deep because we've been teasing it for so long. <laughs> yeah. One more tease. <laughs> Go follow the Holophonics on uh, on all the social media. Join the mailing list, whatever, whatever. And then we can get into brass tacks on the real episode 100. <laughs> if we remember. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Good app. Good stuff. Peace out, y'all. Bye.